It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How's it going, people? Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another Forever Arsenal podcast. We're back in the title race, people. Three points at the Emirates against Liverpool. A big, big dominant victory and we're here to talk about it. It's all smiles. We got Jess back in the building. She knows Arsenal. Go follow her channel. We'll put in the description below. Show her some love if you don't know already. Get to know. And big up James and Lee back in the building. Jordan's away, so obviously... Um, we thought we'll bring in Jess today to cover for Jordan. Look, Lee's, Lee's happy about that. I, I'm not too upset about it either, if I'm honest with you. He, he, will, he will watch this show now and then put it in the group in the first couple of minutes. But big up Jordan. He's enjoying himself. I think he took James's advice about when you're away, why, why do you care about any of us? I think this week he said, yeah. He took it, took it literally, didn't he? I like, said, so do you lot, like, you know what I mean? So, But Jess, welcome back. How you been? I've been good, but I'm glad that when I got called back up, it was for this game, not going to lie. But it had been a couple of weeks ago. I'd have been like, no, you know, but now, like, I'm happy to be here. So thank you guys so much. And I'm looking forward to the chat. Yeah, Go. yeah come on. Come on. It's a big, big bout. To be honest, our, our biggest win of the season. Um, mm-hmm. Arguably our best performance of the season. Well, I put up with it. James, usually I watch the watch along with you. Usually I head over to Lee first because Lee's the one at the game. I was at the game last night as well, or yesterday. Um but today I want to start with Jess, special guest. So why not? Sorry, Jess, I know you're about to take a sip, but <laughs> let's get your thoughts because you said you're happy to be a part of the 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 review of this game. So talk to yeah. us. Why? Yeah, I think because uh, I kind of started losing faith in terms of the title race before this. And I feel like rightly so because we hadn't really played that well. We had dropped some points to uh, some not so great teams. And so, you know, my my whole feeling prior to the game was I'm not feeling great about the title race, but if we were to win against Liverpool, then that would change my mind because I know how big this game was going to be. It wasn't just three points. It was kind of similar to the home game against Man City last season, where it was kind of like, if you 
win this, you're good. If you don't, you're in trouble. And so everybody know, knew that they were gearing this up to be the game of the season so far. It was whether or not Arsenal can continue into the the title race and seeing the way that the team deal, dealt with the pressure, the tactics, the way that we approached the game, the way that we conceded and still were able to come out with three points for me was a really good sign that the, this team can definitely do some things because I've always been an advocate for the team. Like I do think that we have great players and they can perform at a high level. We just haven't seen it as consistently as we probably want to. So yesterday was, was fantastic. Like 10, 10, no notes. I have nothing really, you know, I, I just feel hopefully we can build on this because if this team can play like this more often, we can win things. You know, I knew it was there. So I am excited to be a part of the review because I think this is probably one of the best performances that we've had under Mikel Arteta, not just this season. It's very rare that we've seen this under Mikel Arteta where we've been dominant against the best team in the league. Like, we were dominant, you guys. Like, we weren't even, like, it wasn't even, we were so dominant in that game. The stats said it. I test said it. So, yeah, it was incredible. And so, let's just see more of this. Saying. More of this. Say that again, James. The eye test said it, the stats said it, the pundits didn't say it, but we'll, we'll say that for another day. <laughs> no, I haven't even seen what the pundits said, Joe. Uh, yeah, we Sodom. Were. That's why I can't watch it no more, like Jamie Carragher, like, you know what I mean? Go and get a lemon and suck on it, Mr. Jamie Carragher, like, you know, you bit of bastard. That's what I'm saying there, like, you know? <laughs> and they're all the same, innit? After that performance, I'm sorry to cut in here, Joe, but I'll I, I get home. I'm buzzing about the game, watching it and all that, like, all three of them going on there. When they can't do this, they ain't going to well. Man City, great result for Man City. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, Man City didn't play, Jamie. Didn't play. It was Arsenal-Liverpool. What are you going on about Man City for? Talk about the game you, you, you're paid to watch. You know what I mean? Uh, Roy Keane. Oh, they ain't going to win the league. Well, no, Man United. But I don't hear you mentioning that when it, when you just won 3-0. Like, you know? I don't hear you mentioning that. Like, you know? And as for um, uh, Gary Neville, well, they were celebrating and all that. Like, you know? So what? So what? You know, I mean, enjoy it, like, you know. Um, but but listen, that's what we have to put up with. That's what we have to put up with. James, what are you saying? How was the watch along? Good. Had a great time. Uh, look at your smug face. Look, I, I say what, uh, come on, get, get rid of him, Turkish, right? You know, man, you've got to be on holiday somewhere or something. I, I actually wasn't meant to be on this pod, but some things got moved around and I made it work. So here I am. Lee, to be fair, no, let's give you some credit. You sat here, you sat on the watch along um, just before we went live on starting 11. You turned to all of us, you said, we're winning today. I've never been more confident we're winning today. Mm. So, I mean, something made you say that as well. Yeah, I, listen, I'll, I'll be really honest about it. The way Liverpool set up, I knew that they'd set up like that, that they'd give it a go. And wouldn't it a pleasure to watch Martinelli and Saka not being double up uh, and, and doing their stuff? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, listen, I think Roy Keane, I, I actually like Roy Keane, to be honest. And, and he actually called it when he turned around and said, look, Liverpool played into Arsenal's hands. And they did, you know, because that's that's what they do. They, they, they back themselves, you know. And I ain't going to criticise Liverpool for that because... They've lost one game up until this season, backing themselves. So, you, you know, they've gone everywhere, wherever they've played, they've backed themselves. So why wouldn't you come to the, to the Emirates and back yourself? And I knew that they would. And I, I just felt confident that we was going to win that game. Because I think if anybody comes to us toe-to-toe, -to -toe, 
we're as good as anybody in the league. That's my my opinion, James, if we play like that. If teams play like, like next week at West Ham, I'm not going to have the same confidence because that's our Achilles heel a little bit, like our kryptonite, if you like, the way that those sort of teams play. But if teams want to play with us and come out and play, I, I fancy us to, to win. And I, I was very, very confident yesterday. I must admit, at half-time, I changed my mind a little bit. But no, I, I felt that we was always going to win that game. And... Uh, I'll give you credit because I actually because you predicted three one. I didn't think it would be as comfortable as that. If I'll be honest, I think three one flattered Liverpool. If I'll be really honest, I think it could have been four or five, and probably should have been. But um, yeah, I, I think that um, you know, give yourself a bit of credit for for, for backing the team as like that. But um, yeah, I, I thought Arsenal was superb yesterday. I got a bit annoyed. Um... I almost had this sort of like siege mentality going into it. So I went on the, well, see here on Forever Arsenal, on the previews, uh, DR Sports preview I was on as well. I went on Coppish, big up Coppish and Drifty, fantastic work they're doing there. And I looked everyone in the eye and said 3-1 on every one of those shows. And I think it was on DR Sports where they sort of pushed me a little bit like, well, but you're just hoping that or, or do you believe it? I think that annoyed me. Not that people weren't saying 3-1 because 3-1 is a pretty significant scoreline. But it was how many people were sort of judging how this game would go based on nothing but the league table. And it was really kind of annoying me. And I didn't really say a lot about it, but I thought if this goes the way it, I think I think it will go, then we'll discuss it on the pod. And here we are. Anyone who watched all three games between Liverpool and Arsenal in the last seven weeks, they weren't that far apart. So I'm not going to give anyone the excuse of forgetting how these games went. Shouldn't be surprised by this result. They shouldn't. It's, no, not, it's not that surprising. We went to Anfield. Let, 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 let's break down the timeline of our games against Anfield. It's not against Anfield, against Liverpool. We go to Anfield, first 20 minutes. Much the better team. Much the better team. Salah equalises, a bit of a moment out of nothing. Fair enough, great goal. And then up to the 60th minute, we're on the back foot. And we're probably lucky to still be level by that point. Last half hour, we were the better team. We settled the Anfield crowd. We played really well. We came away with a point I was really, really proud of. Emirates FA Cup game. We totally dominate. And everyone kind of puts it down to the first half. And it was the first half. We should have been falling up. But even in the second half, the better chances were still ours. Kivior with an unlucky own goal. And we're 1-0 down. Then Diaz with the most unbelievable finish in the 96th minute. And we lose 2-0. So you look at those two games. And I'm going, yeah, Arsenal have drawn and lost. That's actually not a good return out of two games. I'm way more impressed by what we put up performance-wise in those two games than I was by Liverpool. But no, people want to analyse by results. People want to go with your five points behind. People want to... And OK, well, let's look at the bigger picture around Liverpool. They've been smashing teams, scoring fours left, right and centre. They've also been conceding chances. They've also been conceding some goals. They've also been pretty open and expansive. They're also missing Mo Salah. Trent wasn't fully fit. And they've had to play around with the midfield a little bit. So why was this that surprising for people that Arsenal could actually take control of a game against a team they've taken control of twice already this season before this game? And why Are you talking about Arsenal surprised? fans or generally? No, generally. Generally, the problem is that they cannot believe. And there's part of a disbelief for me as well that Arteta's managed to get us to a stage where we can predict 3-1 against Liverpool. You said 3-1 on Big Six, didn't you? Yeah, like I said, three-one on big six. I, I I was teetering between a draw and a and an Arsenal win. I never entertained the Liverpool loss in any. And and that's look at the last two three yeah. years. That's that's changed over that time. 
So the opposition fans, when they talk about Arteta, there's there's no point seeking balance from them. They they can't believe that Arteta's the one that is coming in to actually try and challenge Klopp and Pep. I mentioned previously in the video, we've seen we've seen Conte coming, we've seen Tuchel coming, we've seen Jose Mourinho coming for a second, third time. We've seen all these managers with big, big credentials come in and go without laying a glove on Klopp and Pep. And I'm not saying Arteta's laid a glove yet. You can argue that he hasn't because we haven't won a major trophy. But I'd argue that a major trophy would be a knockout blow. I think we have laid gloves now. I think Liverpool and, and Man City, Pep and Klopp both know that Arsenal are potentially part of this party. No manager's done that. So that's why when when sometimes I'm I'm upset with Arteta, I criticise him because of maybe some inexperience he's still learning. Yes, but I can equally give him his flowers. And I think he's probably the best place to start today. I didn't mention him on my fan cam yesterday, but perfect. Perfect lineup, perfect substitutions, perfect motivation. That team talk at halftime must have been mad considering the way we we conceded that goal. Everyone around me, everyone I spoke to felt the same way when that goal went in. It just felt like it's going to be one of these days. And in the first 10 minutes of this, he managed to just keep it all in check. And as much as Liverpool fans will talk about Salah, they'll talk about Trent just coming back from injury. They'll talk about who else was that? Shabozla was out. Timber was out. Partey was out. Jesus was out. That's three players from the first team. That's a third, essentially, of the players that we, we should be having on that pitch. So no one, even this season, no one tends to, to, to talk too much about Arsenal's injuries, which that suits me because it's about just getting the job done. But I look at the other club, the injuries, and it's, it's much talked about. We, we, both had, we both had a thinner squad than we would have hoped yesterday. And we still got the job done. So I think Mikel deserves deserves a lot of flowers because it was a big one. He was under a lot of pressure to, to get this one right. Yeah. And he didn't get anything wrong. You no, know what I was... Oh, go ahead, James. No, no, sorry. The last thing I just wanted to add on that as well was about it not being that surprising is if people didn't even want to look at the last two games before this third one, that's four unbeaten against Liverpool in the league now. That's last season at the Emirates. We outdid them tactically. And again, for 35 minutes at Anfield last season, we blew them away and held on to a draw. What I was about to say was that that's five games in a row where I think Arteta has got it right against Liverpool. But I, I probably wouldn't, that 2-2 two -two at Anfield, considering we could have really lost it badly in that second half, or right, we drew, I probably wouldn't quite give that one. But my point is, I didn't find any of it that surprising. And I was over the moon. It was surprising. Do you know what? It was surprising in a... Wow, like we've just won 3 1 in a major kind of title battle, you know, fixture, yeah. and that and that's and that's huge. And we haven't been there in a while, but just purely like between two teams that we played against recently and I've been watching them closely. I, I don't know, I don't think people should be that surprised by Arsenal, and I'm really glad the boys delivered because I wanted them to come with, I wanted to play with a bit of chess and prove that, and I think they did. Sorry, Jess. No, um, I was just going to say, like, here, obviously, like, the commentary is horrendous. But from minute one, I think it was Gramoso and Lee Dixon and someone else. And the first thing that they started talking about was Mikel. Minute one. He needs to stay calm. Look at him. He's too energetic. He's excitable. You know, he has to keep a calm head. Um, you know, the, this team, the, the team needs to win. They literally talked about him for almost the entire game, you know, his antics, whatever. And it carried all the way through until we won the game. And I just never felt like there was ever a moment where I felt like they were out of control. 
or that the moment was getting over them or they were rattled or anything. So I didn't really understand where that was coming from. I thought Mikel managed the game perfectly. And I think with a young team, I feel like he needs to have a certain level of energy on the sideline as, as well. Like I just, I think it works for us. I think, I, th I feel like what annoys me is that everybody's formula can't be the same. We have young manager, young team, a lot of excitement, a lot of energy that's going to be different than other the way other people do it. Just because he does it differently doesn't mean it's wrong. And I just find that some of the commentary around Mikel is never focused on how good he's doing. Because again, um, there's been conversations over the last couple of weeks of whether or not Arsenal have any world-class players in their team. And the consensus amongst rivals is that we don't have a single world-class player in our team. Well, if that's the case, then Mikel Arteta is doing a fantastic job. How is he where he is? How are we where we are on the table two seasons in a row with not a single world-class player, but everybody else has five? You know, it's just so strange what they focus on. I thought he got it spot on yesterday. He was perfect. Um, I like that he used the Jorginho Rice midfield. I thought it was perfect. The balance was great. We dominated midfield because of it. I like that he used Trossard off of the bench again, like he did against Forrest, to do almost the exact same thing. And Trossard went out there and did perfectly. I thought Mikel did well. And I think for the majority of the season, he's done well. I think he's been let, let down by some of the players not finishing the chances. He has made mistakes. But ultimately, Mikel is doing a fantastic job. You know, I do go in on him, just like Turkish said. Like, you know, yeah. but at the end of the day, like, he's doing fantastic. And he's really helped us bridge the gap and get really, really close to the teams that used to work us. There were so many yeah. times where we would just go into games against Liverpool and just feel like we didn't have a chance. We now we're dominating. You know, it's great. Yeah. I agree with that. Like, you know, Mikel should be criticized when it, but when he does well, you know, give him the praise that he deserves. And I think, like, not only did he get everything spot on in this game, he done it in the press conference. Uh, with the fans, fans got to be up for this game. He, he he put it on us as well in this game, like you know, um, in a good way, you know. Uh, and the, the atmosphere yesterday, Turkish, you was there. You can't deny that that was no. back up to its best. It was unbelievable yesterday, yeah. like back to how it should be all the way through that game. That was part of him doing that, just putting that little seed into us, like you know. And for me, I thought he was fantastic yesterday, like you know. And what was amazing, I've got to bring up my mate Kevin on this because how you um perceive and change watching you know he sits next to me but and he, he he's watching a different game to me because at half time I'm going mad I've gone I've gone like and he's he's gone like no we're we're gonna come back and win this that you know don't worry we'll come back and win this three one three one he kept saying three one we're gonna win this I said shut up and drink your beer what's the matter with you like <laughs> you know what I mean and then after the game I asked him what made you say that he goes because what I was watching that's I'm what I'm saying. Into the, I'm into the into the game or whatever. Like and, you know, different people. He goes, "What I was watching, we was destroying him, absolutely destroying him." You know, and I was talking to Russ after the game as well. Was coming home, a Turkish bumping him as well. It weren't a lot different to the game again in the FA Cup. We no. destroyed them in the first half. We totally destroyed them, but probably should have been four nil up. But we didn't take our chances. And if you go back to the game. You know, Saka should have scored in the first few minutes when Martinelli frightened the life out of him. If, if I, I'll be honest, and we were talking about this, me and Russ on the way. If Martinelli goes through there and they score that goal, <clears throat> Saka scores that goal. I think Arsenal would have gone on and give it. It would have been a massive, massive result. 
I think they would have won about three or four because it was frightening what they'd done in that first couple of minutes. But we missed that chance. And the next one, and if you be really honest about it, then Havertz comes along, he misses his chance. <laughs> but what happened was it luckily bounces to, to you know, and you need a little bit of luck in football. You yep. need a little bit of luck. Bounces to Saka, bash, go, and we're we're up and running like you know. In the FA Cup game, it didn't quite go that way, but we could have won that by four or five one as well, like you know. Um, yeah. But it is it is a a you know, and I, I I admire Kevin yesterday for 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 watching it and seeing it how it is, and I you know it is unbelievable how different. We you're watching a game, but you watch it differently. You know what I mean? Some analyze it, some don't. Some well, you know. I, I honestly thought at half time we'd gone, and that's where I give Mikel his praise because he must have gone in that dressing room as deflated as anybody mm-hmm. because because he's watching that game, his tactics and all that, and he's going, I've got Liverpool by the by the hook here, and now you know what I mean. Like I, I've my tactics are working, I'm destroying them, and we've gone in at one-one. That must have been an a, a, an unbelievable. Uh, 15 minutes because Klopp's gone in there thinking I'm happy to go in there one nil down and, and and rally the troops which he did and even you know he must have gone in there and said look oh, we should be out of, out of touch here we're one one we can go on and win this game his he, team talk was pretty pretty straightforward Mikel's one wasn't and the, they they was a little bit wobbly in the first ten minutes but after that they got their composure and I'll tell you one of the people that I'm going to be I know we're going to probably talk about him and all that like, but the way we got that composure is because we... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We dictated like in midfield, and Jorginho was massively part of that because you know what? He's got the experience. Where we haven't got the experience with Mikel so much, we had the experience in the in the midfield with him and Rice. I, I thought that, that they was a mentor to that him too. But ma- but massive credit. To Mikel Arteta for that yesterday. I think uh, even his substitutions, like you know what I mean, like because I'm going to be honest, I was yeah, having Martinelli a little bit of a moment off, with yeah. Martinelli coming off. I was moaning about that because he was sensational. Ben, I was too sensational. Yeah, I'm going to take him on, and I, you know, Trossard has done very well when he's come on. When Trossard scores, my mate Kev there with his little smirky face, 
you know, he's done it again, Mikel. Like, and I said, yeah, yeah, you know. But I, I, I do still say that maybe he just took him off five minutes too early because Saka went down early. But everything he'd done yesterday against them, let's be honest, one of the best managers of the Premier League era, let's, let's be honest about that, mm-hmm. one of the best, outdone him. Yep. Not for the first time. Not outdone him. Every aspect yesterday, like, you know. So, yes, yes. Give Mikel the praise that he deserves, but when he does do wrong, give him the criticism that he de- deserves as well. But to, but yesterday, yes, everything's spot on, and I'm with Jess on this. Like you know what I mean? Like they're they're, they're always looking to 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 have a go at him. You know what I mean? Why? Because they don't like it that Arsenal, but they don't like it that a, a, a team of uh, that's been built like Arsenal at this moment is doing so well. Like you know what I mean? They don't like it. They want to. Listen, if Arsenal spent out big, big money like like Man City, they'd be criticising Arsenal for spending the money like like Man City. They don't don't mention Manchester City's money side of it. Like it's all about Pep, Pep, Pep. You know what I mean? But let them be like that. I think that's what we have to accept about about it. Like you know, and also we played against ten men, twelve men yesterday. You know what I mean? That Taylor. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, Liverpool, fans, fans, Liverpool <laughs> fans might feel the other way. Too, I know. But, well, I don't know how. Oh, I do not know now. Wow. Under, really... under perspective. I, I... No, go on. Sorry. sorry. Uh, no, you can't. Under, under perspectives thing, and the, it's not often. I obviously haven't. I don't go to as many games as I used to. But when I used to go games, especially doing content creation, I'd always rewatch the majority of the game because I feel like watching the game on the screen and watching the game in person is very different things. And it's not often that people that watch it at the game pretty much have the same thoughts as people that watch on the TV, but Jorginho's performance from TV to in person, everyone's, everyone saw it as amazing. And I, I, the first player I think deserves the flowers because as much as Declan Rice, Ben White, in my opinion, a few others, Martinelli's another one. I think James, it, it feels like you've been leading us to this moment recently because you've been slowly, <laughs> but slowly praising Jorginho. And I yeah. feel like, I've kind of, you know, mentioned Italian tax in that. Today, there's no Italian tax. Today or yesterday showed me that he has still got a lot to offer. And because of the Partey setback, because of the Emil Smith-Rowe setback so far, in all likelihood, we're going to have to keep one of the midfielders we have. And judging by the year performance we've got from Jorginho and, you know, yesterday as well, it would probably be him I give it to. He was He was flawless. His lack of mobility made up by his extra sense up there. He was shutting down everything. He was intercepting. He was the perfect foil for Declan Rice and, and vice versa. Rice for um, Georgina for Rice, vice versa. It was a perfect performance. That first 45, I was most deflated for him because I was getting ready to wax lyrical about Jorginho that first half. And then we conceded and I thought, let's not ruin it now because this mm-hmm. midfield performance, Jorginho in particular, it, it was special. That was probably one of the best 45 minutes I've seen from a midfielder for Arsenal for quite a lot. Like, Rice has had, you know, a different type of midfield performance. But I think Jorginho is, is up there with with Rice's best ones this season, that that 45 minutes. Yeah. He's ageing like a fine wine, isn't he? <laughs> the beauty of Jorginho is because his game's never been dependent on his mobility there's actually no reason why he can't get better. And I know that sounds crazy, but there's no reason why with more experience, with more time, with a better structure, you don't actually see better performances from Jorginho at 31, 32 than you see from him at 27. I kind of wondered whether 
this could be a little bit similar to Olivier Giroud, but only it happened the other way. Like Chelsea fans, I think, have a fonder memory of Giroud and kind of what he did for yeah. them and had a better appreciation for, yeah. yes, he lacked this, but he delivered that. Now, I don't know if I don't I don't know if that's a fair comparison. I really, you know, follow Giroud that closely at Chelsea. But my thing is I wonder whether they'll be appreciated more for the second club rather than for the first club where they spend more time. And then the narrative will probably be Arsenal fans saying to Chelsea fans like they do to us, saying, Oh, you underappreciated, but they might go, Trust me, we didn't get that from them when they were there. So with Jorginho or maybe he gets his appreciation when he moves into management because you can see that trajectory from him and, and the hundred, you know, hundred percent. Um, what was really clever by Jorginho and Arteta was the use of him as him and Rice were an out and out central midfield partnership. This was old school. This was old school four four two central midfields. You know, central midfield work, and it was. Neither one was pinned down as necessarily the right or left eight or the clear six. It was move as a pair and pick up your runners and cover each other. There was one moment, it all happened within a minute, where Declan Rice, I think, had followed maybe Gakpo out to left back and sort of tracked him. And then a minute later, he was making a tackle down in the right back position. But the whole time, Jorginho and Erdegaard were constantly you know, pivoting and rotating and moving with where Declan Rice would move as a sweeper whose, you know, instruction was to win the ball. But then when Rice was getting the ball off the back four to play, Jorginho was also still pressing up the pitch to try win the ball, winning headers and creating chances as well and doing defensive work up the pitch. He was, the word I use was masterful. Like it felt like you were watching just a master at work, just someone who had years and years of experience, someone who'd won the Champions League, someone who'd won the, you know, the Euros with Italy, you know, a player who's been a captain and has played at the highest level. You felt like you're watching someone just use every ounce of his experience and going, I know what I've got to do here, because if I don't, I'm going to get overrun by that midfield. But let me show them that I'm better up here. You're faster than me, you're stronger than me, you're taller than me, but you're not, you're not smarter than me. And that was Jorginho in a nutshell. And it was at times like watching... You know, because he's always been seen as a six, you know, he's always been seen as a defensive midfielder, you know, get the ball off the back four and play. We've never really wondered whether we could see him as this, you know, those midfielders that, and I'm not, and I know what, I know what, you know, YouTube comments are going to do and Twitter and whatever, if this gets clipped up. But, you know, you know, those midfielders that were not sixes, but they weren't box to box midfielders, they weren't crashes. I'm talking, I'm talking, Tony Cruz, Xabi Alonso. You know, and, and obviously, Georgina is nothing like that in terms of level because they're some of the elites. But I'm talking who's playing in that mould of midfielder. Like, let me facilitate by just being brilliant on the ball and keeping it moving, being creative, but also doing my defensive work and just being an all-round central midfielder. But the thing he did so well was just pass and control in the middle of the pitch. And I thought he did that brilliantly. It was a really, really... Nice reinvention of his role from Arteta. I loved what he did with Jorginho. And I'm so happy that he delivered in another big performance because he did it against City at the Emirates. I thought he was good at St. James's Park twice. That's last season and this season. Um, and he's a big game player for us. And uh, I, I agree. I, I'd give him another contract. And it's not just based on one good game. It's based on a really good 12 months. Yeah. And, common, and common sense that will tell you we Sorry, Jessica. No, go on. I was just going to say, I'm really glad that you said that because I was, I'm glad I'm not the only one that felt like, listen, if they put the contract on the table right now, I'd be dying for him to sign it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think 
we missed a little bit of something when, I mean, I obviously know that Xhaka wanted to go, but I think we could have used his experience in this team. Mm -hmm. And so we don't want to get rid of all of it. We know that we'll have some older midfielders leaving. If I had to choose one, I would choose Jorginho to stay. I feel like he's the one that makes the most sense. And he also, that group like of Declan Rice and Jorginho, them two together allowed Odegaard to be in the pockets a little bit more, which I liked. Like, obviously, Odegaard could do the deeper role, but I thought Odegaard being closer to Kai Havertz and a little bit further up forward helped us a lot. It helped us so much in attack. So um, the balance is right. And I love it. Again, Jorginho, like, I had the biggest meltdown in the world when we signed him. But for $12 million, I think he's been worth it. And some. For sure. Do you know when you say elite, James? You know, like, oh, he's he's not elite that. That was an elite performance yesterday. No, it was. You know, when I say elite, I'm talking like the very best of that yeah, I know midfielder I playing the game. And and I think I think if we're being fair, over how many years has he been in in the Premier League? Maybe seven, eight. Yeah. Like I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't class what he's done in the Premier League as elite work. No, I, would, no, I get that. But I'll tell you, yeah, that was an elite is, performance. Though. I totally agree with you. I, I, I'm going to watch it uh, back. I haven't seen the whole game back live, but I'm going to watch it back like, uh, the whole game later on. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm really, I'm gonna start looking at him because little things in the game that I remember. Every time that he had to pop it off quickly, they never got near him. Every time they had to pop it off, he he knew exactly when. If he had to pop it off, he had to pop it off. If he he knew he could have a time on the ball, he'd done it. I don't know if you remember it in the first minute, two minutes of that game. Shinchenko fired one in right at him, like in edge of the box area. If he miscontrols that, they're in. He okay. controls it and, and, and carries on the game. And it was an unbelievable touch. Do you know what I mean? Like, how many midfield players lose control of that and, and end up like scoring? And I also think today, uh, in that game yesterday, he's passing in the forward, helped Martinelli. There was three or four times he got into the left channel and just fed Martinelli straight away. Uh, we haven't seen that with Martinelli over the, this last three or four um months. Every time he got the ball, he fed Martinelli first time and Martinelli then was away. And so I think it helped his game. It helped the, the forwards game, you know what I mean? Because he's bright, he's intelligent. Uh, and I'll tell you what, for for a player of midfield, I quite like watching what he was doing yesterday, like, you know what I mean? And, I uh, and, and listen, I've been to games this season, you know, I'm, I'm not too far from where they warm up and that. He's always dictating on the on the line when he's not playing. His attitude is unbelievable because he's not a, a a regular player. As good as he is, he's not a regular player. He knows his role in the team now. He know, he's got to a certain age and knows that he's not going to play week in, week out, but he still can contribute whether he's playing or not. Fantastic attitude for someone to have. You know, that's one things all, all his time because he's one of these people who could turn around and go, Do you know what, now nah, I'm not happy here. I'm going to go here, there. Or what? He hasn't. And... Uh, uh, and I called for him to play in this game. And, and uh, it'd be very interesting if he plays against West Ham because it'd be a different thing. But I'll play him now. I, for mm-hmm. me, I'd play that midfield because, as Jess, as Jess just said, the balance was spot on with it. It was spot on. You know what I mean? Like I think you got the best out of Declan Rice. I think, as, as, as Jess yeah. said, Odegaard was magnificent yesterday. I've got to say, yeah, the work rate of that boy yesterday. You know, people say about leaders and, and all that, like, you know, and... and, and uh, I'm, I'm going to say, like, you know, um, 
as much as I just bigged up Kevin, he said, oh, he should, like, Declan Rice should be captain, like, you know, but, like, you know, so he's not right on everything because, you know, like, that, that, that was a captain's performance in a different way of just shouting and screaming, just by, but he, he led the team. Yeah. He led, he, he worked so hard that he made everybody else work. But, like, that midfield, I thought, was perfect yesterday, like, you know, and the reason that Arsenal, dominated the game and, and, and was was one of those things. You have to dominate midfield. And we just overran. And McAllister, I think, was, was a good player. But, like, you know what I mean? Weren't in the same levels of Jorginho yesterday. Like, you know, a younger version and all that World Cup winner. He he, he never had the time and space that Jorginho uh, orchestrated him for himself. You know, so credit where credit due. I thought, like, Jorginho was fantastic yesterday. Brilliant. I think we can probably talk about Rice in the same manner, which we've done many times this season. So, But I do think there's other players that, listen, Rice has got many flowers this year and I think it was his best game for a little while for sure. But Jorginho in that midfield deserved the flowers ahead of the rest because I agree with Odegaard as well. He led so well the press. He made yeah. sure there was the, all the spaces were covered. He'd box in when, when um, we needed to box in. But Ben White, who's also had criticism, I, I feel like Ben White had a. I'm not too mm. sure on TV how it looked, but at first half, he was, was, he was giving his best. Well, back, back to the old Ben, it was. It was back to the old <laughs> Benny boy. Not Meg's turns, full blooded tackles, a bit of cheekiness, a bit of cheek. Yeah, I, I loved Class. it. Ben White, first half especially, but overall, and he had to probably deal with. Not probably Liverpool's biggest threat on the ball outside the box, which is Diaz in that forward mm. line. You know, Jota in the box, we know he's a big threat, but Gakpo, Diaz, I think Diaz was, and Diaz was quiet. The one moment he did anything is when he came inside and then he found some luck with Saliba's mistake. But other than that, Ben White was, was as flawless as anyone out there. Yeah, I, I agree. I, th I thought Ben White was absolutely back to his best. He just, mm. when he is, when he. he... <laughs> You know, when some people think we're being harsh when we say, yeah, he's doing well, but he's not up to last season standards. I hope people know what we mean now when we say that. Not everything has to be some like full-blooded criticism. Like, you know, you can say someone's good, but they're just not quite what we saw before. And that is why, because what we saw from Ben White was outstanding. And likewise, I want to throw Erdegaard into that as well, because I was reluctant to go crazy on the Erdegaard praise for a couple games earlier this year, where I felt that, we had a lot of the ball. He did a lot of good things. But at times, I was looking going, you passed when you should have shot. Or, you know, you took too many touches there. There's a little bit of dallying on the ball. There's a shimmy one too many. What I loved about this performance and the work rate is true tactically. It, you two were at the game. Like, I don't know if it's picked up as much how much Erdegaard is talking and pointing, whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. you lead things on the pitch as well. The thing I loved about Erdegaard is this one thing. The positions he took up every single time. Jorginho through the lines, found him. Rice through the lines, found him. And then he's the one that drifts into that 10 space so Havertz can run off and then we get that first goal. He was always available. Now, for me, that is creating. That is creating a lot more than taking a touch, shimmying, you know, dropping the shoulder, going around defending, whipping it to the back post. Yeah, that's a form of creativity and chance creation as well. But it's if you are in the right position then with one touch or maybe a touch to set and a pass, then you've done your job as a playmaker in that team. I agree with Jess because he was closer to Havertz and it was more of a 4-4-2 or a, a floating 10 position you know, behind the striker. I thought it suited him really well to just let a little creative instinct come out rather than him hugging the touchline and trying to open space centrally. He was able to just go, 
while Liverpool are going to allow you space, let me take advantage of it. And I thought that was clever, again, from Arteta and the way he used him. But Erdegaard, in terms of knowing, you know, where to be, what you know, when to pick up the spaces and just moving the ball on quickly. So I agree. I thought Erdegaard was magnificent. Um, and who else we mentioned? Yeah, Ben White. And actually, I want to now use this opportunity just to fly through a few players. If it weren't for the mix-up for the goal, David Rye was great. Mm-hmm. I thought his cross-collection, there was some I yeah. thought, is he going to get to that? Made it look easy. Brilliant. Distribution, phenomenal. Um, we mentioned Ben White. Gabriel, oh, so unfortunate he's got an own goal to his game. He was colossal. And actually, I thought, I said, and I really did say this in the watch-along at 1-1, I said, Saliba and Canate came out with the most flowers from the Anfield game. I said, not in this one. I thought both looked a little shaky at times. One ends up with a bit of a moment. The other ends up with a red card. I thought Zinchenko had a great first half. I thought he was yep. really good in that first half. Kivior comes in, played it in a different way. Solid as hell for me. Really like what he did. Just kept it ticking. Was it? He wasn't Zinchenko. Didn't expect him to be. Fine. Martinelli, outstanding. Um, Saka, forever determined is the way I'd put it. He had some great moments. He had some moments where it didn't happen. But my word, he doesn't shy away from the task and what he needs to try to do. Now, Havertz. Hmm, Havertz. I thought his... Actually, let me, let me end on him. Just quickly. I thought Nelson, great cameo. Trossard, great cameo. Nelson as well was dropping deep, winning headers and like just working hard. Saka, what goes underrated was... Did you guys notice a little moment where Andy Robertson sort of drifted inside to the edge of the penalty area? And almost Saka got into a centre-back position to come back and sweep up and deal with it. Like his work rate was phenomenal. So I just want to get all that out of the way. Now, Havertz. I thought his first half was tactically fine. Clearly did what he had to do, getting the right positions, keeping things moving. But again, I was something was lacking on the ball. And I did feel that if everyone was at an 8, 9 out of 10, I felt he was maybe the 6 or 7. Then second half. He grew in. There was, there was a shithousery about him. There was a, I'm just going to put my body about. Yeah, I'm not stronger than Van Dyke. Yeah, a little bit of like what I was saying about Jorginho, but in this kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm probably not as good as I need to be for what I need to do right now, but I'm just going to put myself about. <laughs> I'm just going to get my foot on it. I'm just going to try to keep it simple. I'm just going to work really hard. I'm just going to commit to everything and see what happens. And then, you know, he takes out Van Dyke and goes down holding his head. I love that. You know, he, he he wins both yellow cards on Canate by just running at him and going, yeah, I'm going to get fouled here, but fuck it. You know, and he just clattered into him. He wasn't going anywhere, got him booked twice. And there was just something about Havertz that for me was really streetwise in that second half. And I really liked that. Um, and there were moments that were frustrating when Jorginho plays him in behind. Or no, sorry, Martinelli plays it in behind to, to Havertz. It's a heavy touch that takes him back into McAllister. And then, and it's moments like that where I think you take a good chance and you can whip that across goal. That's the quality I want to see. So I think he still lacked a little bit of that. But my word, I can't fault his commitment. And that's the very least. I'm not asking him to turn into Robin Van Persie overnight. He's not that. But I am, to some he is apparently, but I am asking him to just give his all to the cause and do what he can. And he. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. 
That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Did that, and I was really happy with... I, I, thought, I, I, I thought he was brilliant from start to finish. Brilliant in what way? Like, what? Well, like he got the ball. I remember him driving past three players and getting fouled. Really like yeah, I've taking, mentioned that the Canate first yeah, yellow. Take, take, taking it on to him, taking it on to him. I thought he uh, link up play in the first half was good. He got the ball in difficult positions, got it out wide straight away to Saka. Um, I, I, I'm with you on that, James. I, I think maybe that's why I, I, I'm going to say why I quite like Havertz is because we haven't got a player that does what he does, like being like a real nasty, nasty bit of work, prepared to do things, the dark arts to win us games of football. Like, we haven't I mean? really like, seen it up till now. Maybe St. James's Park, we saw that. I've seen before. it a few times. I've seen it a few times. Like, leaves his foot in and all that, like, you know what I mean? He's like, he's been booked seven or eight times now, like, you know what I mean? I quite like yeah, it. Yeah. I've got to say, like, you know what I mean? He does things in that guy. Listen, there's players in that it's team. Um, Harold there, though. We, we, yeah, we don't get that. You know, there's players, cannot be like such. He gets Canati sent off by by rolling around and all that. Like, I know, you know, we have got players that get up straight away and all that. Like, I love all that. Like, you know, what I mean, make the meal of it, Kai. Make a meal of it. Like, he's done it on both occasions. You know what I mean? Like, I, I agree with Klopp. I don't. You know, I think there was one time that Gabriel done exactly the same sort of thing and didn't get booked. But mainly because their player gets up straight away and doesn't. You know, like how how Kai's rolling around like he's been shot. Love it. Love it. Like, you know, I thought he'd done really, really well. And at the end of it, I, why I'm going to give Kai Everts praise for this game is because I walked away from that game not turning around and saying we missed our best player. And if he weren't playing, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm panicking. Like, you know, if Jesus is not playing, oh, he gives us so much, you know, uh, everything. Like, I walked away from that game yesterday not missing Jesus. And that's why I'll give him credit. I think like the way that I described that performance was like industrious. Like I don't think yeah. it was just like he worked really hard and that's important. And let's be serious. Like we've called Jesus performances, really good performances without goals before. Um, he, Jesus has done a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm. Albeit he does it with his Beautiful. own flair, yeah. but the pressing, the winning, the fouls rolling around, you know, being a little bit, you know, he, We've, we've done that. Like, you know that at Arsenal right now, you could have a good center forward um, performance without a goal. Um, and Havertz had that. Um, I will say that he caught life. Had Saka had been offside or not been there, he would have been in a lot of trouble yeah. <laughs> for, for the for the goal that we scored the first one. But all in all, I thought he, he was good. Um, that's all you really want to see. Like, we had some of our better players out and we didn't miss them, like Lee said. So, yeah, fair enough. You know, it doesn't always have to be about the bigger picture. And But the signing, is it, like, in the moment, he was good. And he did the job that we needed. Would I have loved a goal? Absolutely. But we scored anyway, so doesn't matter. He was great. Good performance. Do you know what is, is a great thing? Like, I don't know who said it yesterday. Uh, uh, so, you know, if, if he was a £35 million pound player, would be saying, oh, how brilliant he was and all that. But because he's got this big price tag on him. We wouldn't. We wouldn't. I was going to say, I disagree with that slightly. For 15, uh, 15 million, you might say, all right, he was, he's, he's decent for that. No, I, I know. I know. I, I, what I'm saying, what the point probably I'm making is that because he's that big price, you you want to get that little bit more out of what what you got yesterday, like you know what I mean. But I I, I take it on face value for what it was. I thought it was a good performance for him. I'm going to back him. I, I'm I'm not going to 
I'm not going to bend on it. Like, I thought he, he was influential in the game. I totally agree with Jess there, like, though. If he misses that chance uh, and and, and it, it say that the Saka's not there, I, I don't know how it would go for him, like, you know what I mean? Because he's got to take well, that chance. He's got yeah, to well. score that. You know what I mean? He's got to score that. When, in the context of the game, you know what I mean? It's Considering... He was the guilty party in the in the game before, wasn't he, when he missed the chances? Like, but, you know, we played so well against Liverpool in the first game in the FA Cup. He was up front in that game as well. You know what I mean? So, I do think that he, he contributed to that that performance. And that's sometimes that's what you, you need to do, you know. I, I think he'd be sitting at home when he gets up today going, I've contributed to, our, to a very, very good Arsenal performance. And he's not been on the periphery. He was, he was involved in it. Um, like they all were. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased for him, I, you know. And do you know what? I think Dan said it yesterday. That's where I want him playing. That's where, you know what I mean? If he's going to play in this Arsenal team, it is up top, like, you know, because I think... He does his best his work best there. Been there. He does his best work there. And I, I, I do want to get your thoughts on it, Turk, just very quickly on Havertz no, as well. Like, right. No, I, <laughs> I don't also want to, just building on what I said personally, I, I don't want to also just reduce it to hard work because... I was kind of watching, especially in that second half. It's really hard to explain what I mean by he played well tactically. Like, how do I quantify that? Like, there's no... People just go, oh, James, you're trying too hard. And then I don't, I can't really pull up numbers that really prove it. I think what it is, is that I watched him and I thought, apart from in the first half, kind of felt like he was getting in the right areas. He was available, making the right runs. I thought, cool. But where I thought he was really following instruction was when we got that 2-1 lead. And him and Erdegaard were like, a two-man shield in front of them, the other central midfield pair. I thought they were really good at shutting off spaces. And then there was one moment where, forget the fact that Havertz was winning all his headers from crosses. I think he cleared quite a few times uh, from corners into the box. But there was a ball, I think that was just whipped in from Jones or McAllister or whatever, just into the area. And Havertz cleared it, like in a centre-back position. And I think he did that because he tracked someone back into the area or he, he found himself a right-back and held his position and knew that the, the press and the defensive shape and moved around. So then he had to fulfill a different position. Now that I don't think he's doing too much in the way of credit. I think that is actually delivering brilliant, delivering brilliantly on what tactically Arteta would have asked them to do, which is to be fl as fluid on the ball, which, okay, we've lacked a time this season as you are off it as well. If someone moves and you're pressing your man marking, track your runner, follow them. And at one point he's getting a clearance from a ball into the box. So I'm thinking, is that Kai Havertz over there? He's our striker. And so I do think those are the things that Arteta does value. That if you're following instruction, you're going where I tell you to be, even just being a body to be where I need you to be is going to be effective at times. And so I think he follows instruction brilliantly. So my credit is in his commitment and work rate and following instruction. If we can get that little bit more on the ball, then he can do a job in this squad as a nine. I don't see as a midfielder. I still... I don't think doing a job on the ball is enough as a midfielder. I think you need to have a lot more guile and quality. And we saw that from Jorginho. But as a bit of a nuisance, Pest up front, who's got a bit of height, gets the odd header, you know, can... Listen, we've spent 65 million on him. I've, I've got to try and look at where he can do a real job. And for me, it's up front where I've seen the most promise this season mm. for Arsenal. <sighs> I'll just touch in on it. I mean, I gave him a 5-6. I think it was an average performance. I think he did work hard. But before people, you know, label this as an agenda-driven opinion, no. 
Like, if you know me over the years, I've said the same about Lacazette. Worked hard. Was he good enough? No. Eddie Nketiah worked hard. Was he good enough? Now, no. Now we're talking about the highest paid player at the club. Those two were nowhere near the highest paid players at the club. And I will still talk about what are they doing apart from working hard. So with Havertz, I get it. He had a good game. He was okay, as Lee likes to say. He was okay. He was. He was. But the... But the overall it's picture okay. for me is no Jorginho class. Can I say that again? You hate him. I don't That's all it is. Here we go. Here we go. Where's Jordan, man? Bring Jordan. Why can't you make this fucking show? You hate him. Um, although the one thing I did want to say though, like, um, just quickly, is the one thing about this performance from Havertz. Like, I feel like the first thing I thought was, "Wow, we're gonna be really good when we get a real striker." Like, because he gave like that physical you know, yeah. that Jesus doesn't give and stuff like that. And I was like, just imagine if this person can do all this, but actually put the ball in the back of the net. How good. Ivan Tony would have cooked yesterday, but for another day. Yeah, that's that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, no, but, yeah. It's Havertz, and that's all it is. And that's fine. <laughs> say no more. Say no more. If that's what I have to be. That's why I have to be the face of it. I just want him to do better. <laughs> That's all I want. I just wanted to do that. And even the dark hearts thing Lee was talking about earlier. Lacazette had dark hearts. Xhaka for the first four years had dark hearts. Listen, there has to be a balance to it all. And I think some players like an older guard in terms of work rate and quality, he's got a good balance to it. Sometimes the work rates, the work rate overdoes the quality a bit, but at least, you know, it's still a good balance. I think that's where I'm never going to get used to what we're seeing from Havertz for the price that we're spending week in, week out. But listen, we are back in it. Two points off, off Liverpool at the top. Havertz did, did play a part in that. And one big thing, I think Jess mentioned it, last season, not having Jesus and Partey is catastrophic for Arsenal. Catastrophic. Two of the, the, the players would look at and say, behind them, we have nothing. Nothing comparable to what they can bring. This season, we've been without Partey for the majority and we've been at, without Jesus. I think mm -hmm. this is for the fourth time this season, so a, mm -hmm. a handful of games. And we're still producing the good. We're still, you know, getting close to the top and that's credit to Arteta. Massive worry now, this Jesus thing, by the way. I just want to touch on this now, like, you know what I mean? How many more? Is it another injury to the knee? Someone's telling me, I think it might have been James or, or, or Rob telling me that he had his knee drained before the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Robbie said he had fluid on the yeah, knee. I didn't hear that, but like you know, his knee drained. He's, this is a guy that has got all the best f treatment, best physio, best everything, and they're draining his knee before games and then plays on the Tuesday, magnificent on the Tuesday, can't play on the Sunday. Now, then, then they're saying that he's had a, a knocking training and all that. I think they're covering it up slightly, if I'll be honest about it. Like, you know, it is now a worry. Um, what are we in now? February. So he had the operation last December. Um, come back out. You know, it didn't. He did play in the uh, preseason, didn't he? Uh, in America, yeah, he did play in that, and then he, he was out after that. So then he was out for the first few games. Come back out again. Come back again. Out again. It's a bit of a worry for me now. Has like, anything you know? changed, Oli? Has anything changed in the sense that? If I asked you what we have to do in the striker position this summer, I think the common consensus would be upgrade on Eddie and Ketia and bringing a striker to challenge Jesus. I think the only thing that's changed is bringing a striker to protect Jesus a little bit more. To well, challenge. My, big, my big worry, Turkish, is that the, the, these injuries and, and recurring injuries of his knee 
have happened in the transfer window in January, as it has with Thomas Party, and they've chose to do nothing, even if it was a short-term sort of solution, like, you know what I mean? Because uh, I am worried about it now. I am, you know, I love Jesus. So I've got to say, like, you know, purring on the way home on Tuesday night. Was probably, we don't win that game if he's not there, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how good he was on that day. Um, didn't miss him yesterday because everybody everybody turned up. But there are times in football games when you need that little X factor. Sometimes players don't turn up and, and the, the, the main guy gets you over the line with, you, you know, mm. with a bit of magic or whatever. I remember at Wolves last season, we was flying uh, and we couldn't break them down. It was his bit of magic that, that ended up winning it 2-0. Odegaard scored both goals, but it was him that opened up the the game. And this continually keeps happening now. And it is a big worry for me now, a big worry because I'm a big fan of his. And, and yeah, uh, if, 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 why, uh, you know, four, four injuries now on, on the same knee. Listen, I'll go back to a player you guys won't remember. who was our record signing back in the day, Malcolm McDonald. One hell of a player, like picks up a knee injury and was never the same. And, and that's a retire on it, like, you know, so the older fans would know what I'm on about, like, you know. I'll take right. your word for it, but. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, but know your history, James. Anyway, that's another thing, like, anyway. Uh, <laughs> He's lost but he was, he was a real, big, big like, worry now for me. The thing well, um, Jesus is without his burst and his, his sharpness. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's really not the same player. Like, I think we have to just keep the same energy for every single player, like, that has had these consistent injuries and, um, not view them as they cannot be that important to the team anymore. And as much as that hurts me, like, cause I love Jesus so much, he's just not somebody we're going to be able to rely upon and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But that means that Arsenal need to bring in somebody that softens that blow a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's taken us a while to get there. Cause we know in the summer we'll bring in somebody, but maybe we'll, we'll have lost this season because we don't have Jesus involved in some of our more important games. So it's frustrating. But I feel like you just have to keep that same energy. I don't know how Arsenal fans have so much patience when for so many years we've relied upon these players and they've never done anything. How many times we on Diaby to be fit, Jack Wilshire to be fit, they always get into the cycle and they never come good. They always end up letting us down. And it's not always their fault, but we tend to make the injury-prone players really important and it always hurts us in the end. For me, I just... Yeah. He's not, he's not going to, it sounds bad. I don't think he's going to recover from this, like, mm-hmm. and be able to be our starter. I just don't yeah, see it. I, I agree with you. We have seen it where Van Persie seemed to be injured all the time. And then he did actually put two, three years straight of fitness together. So I, I, I still hold hope, but ultimately I totally agree with you, Jess. It's like when we are here on this podcast talking about what our best 11 is at, you know, on transfer deadline day in the summer, so hope it's more eventful than the last transfer deadline day. Um, Tim, not Timber, Tommy Asu, Zinchenko, Partey and Jesus should not be in any of our best 11s. When we're just, when we're just listing, right, so who's our best 11 going, you know, we're playing City tomorrow, fully fit squad, who would you pick? Not one of those four should be in it. Mm-hmm. Because you, we just cannot build an 11 that requires them to be available. And you're right, it's not their fault. It, but it, that's just the nature of the beast. That is just, unfortunately, the situation. Now, I said on um, 
I said uh, before the Forest game, Turkish, when we did the preview, remember my front three that when we did the Predict 11, I said I'd go Trossard up top and I wouldn't play Jesus because we've got two games in a week. And I thought, I didn't think he, it's something just told me. And I'll tell you what that was. I, I've done seven years training in physiotherapy and I specialised on knees. Oh, wait, no, I didn't. It's common sense. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking I myself, like, you for a second, man. Oh, no, 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 I, I saw I, I slipped into the habit because obviously I'm, I must have obviously to know what I'm talking Listen, I don't know what I'm talking about, but the point is common sense would tell us that if he's been in and out of the team a lot with knee problems, then maybe when we've got a big game coming up, we're playing away at Forest, Trossard was brilliant against Palace. We don't need to. Now, by the way, I'm not that people might take that as me blaming Arteta. I'm not. But what I'm saying is, we are now at a point where we need to readdress our thinking as fans and maybe start being a bit more selective when we play them. I don't know who we've got in and around Porto, but I would hope if he's fit, maybe he doesn't play that game before Porto. Like, that's how we might have to start thinking about it with Jesus. And, you know, I, the reason I'm being, uh, what's the word? An ass. <laughs> Let's use that terminology. The reason I'm being an ass about it is because when the discourse around Saka came up and the discourse around other players have come up, Jesus being one of them, he'll say, well, what do you know? Well, uh, what, some, sometimes your brain subconsciously collects enough data from watching a lot of football that just tells you, something tells me that Jesus might not be as dependable as we need him to be. Something tells me that maybe we need to manage his minutes a little bit. And I was really disappointed we didn't have him for this. I really was disappointed. But Havertz did well and, and, and we were fine. But... And you also, Chinchenko keeps going down with the same injury. Apparently, it's a calf again. So, there that's four times he's got a calf injury. Like, you know what I mean? What is mm -hmm. going on at these? You know what I mean? Like, party keeps breaking down with the same injury and all that. There's something's not right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, some of these injuries they had when they were at their old clubs, like Jesus was injured quite a bit at Man City. Tamiyasu had the same calf injuries at um, Bologna or wherever he was at. A lot of these are just historical. Like we bought players beyond Partey. A lot of these players have had these injuries historically and we just haven't, there's nothing we can really do. The problem is, is that we've made them too important. Yeah. You know, I think we're unlucky with Dinchenko just a little bit because he would have been third down the pecking order we're down to like our third choice like left back so you know it is what it is but some of the other players it's like they got to start going down the pecking order just a little bit they're great players not, yeah sorry okay. i cut you down sorry but that's not yeah but that's not to say that they're not i still want jesus i love him like i, don't get I love him to bit yeah yeah he'll, he'll play a part yeah. you know and and I think I think Partey we do have to sell. It's been long enough now. Um, Zinchenko, he'll play a part. Like these players, it's not even like I'm saying we only get them for twenty percent of the season. Maybe that might be true of Partey now, but but for Jesus and Zinchenko and Tomiyasu, sure they're still available for most of the season. But you also yeah. you you, you also increase it. that. Sorry. In a game of such fine margins, you can't manage the situation. Like you, you don't, you no, don't know when the twenty percent comes or when the forty percent they're not there. You can't, you can't manage a club when you're dealing with the fine margins against Man City and Liverpool in this manner. When you can't, of course, you can't control everything, but mm -hmm. you need to be as con able to control as much as possible. Like what Jesse, the left back situation, our recruitment meant that we should be able to control the situation. Mm -hmm. Then. You know, we're down to the third in the pecking order. Is in check. 
that is unfortunate. That is very unfortunate. But the striker one, I put more into Arteta's hands and say, well, that's what you've left us with. So this is something you need to address. So Yeah. And sometimes, Turkish, less is more. Like, uh, in the sense that Jesus and, and Zinchenko and Tomiyasu, they might be more available for Arsenal next season because they're playing less games. Like, they, in a weird way, you may get more out of them next season because they aren't expected to play all the time and play those three games a week. And so they're coming in when they need to and they use a bit more, I was about to say sporadically, but a little bit more um, tactically. But I just mean in terms of Arteta, like in terms of when he uses them and managing the minutes a little bit better. And what you find is that they've played less minutes across the season, but they've actually been available for more matches. And so yeah, you yeah. get that Tommy Asu Liverpool performance against Salah you need. You get that Zinchenko playing most of those home games. You get... Jesus available for those big games because actually we've been fine using our other striker at home to every 16th in the league. Yeah. And yeah. and then they get that better rest and recovery and, and you go from there. So I, I, I think we just need to address all those areas come the summer. The good, the good thing now, we've got two games coming up where we've got no midweek games. So we've got like seven days off now. So there can be a little bit of recovery in there, like you know, and then and then we've got six days to the next game, which is Burnley. So two away games now we've got coming up. Um when we've yep. got some nice, nice uh, rest time in, in between. So, you know, like hopefully like Shinchenko won't be out for too long and they can manage that a little bit. But um, you know, like Tommy Asu will be back by then, hopefully, like, you know, to 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 cover that area, like but yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think that um They've got to be managed a little bit more, like, but it is beginning. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm worried. I've got to have something to worry about. I've got to have something to worry about. <laughs> uh, listen, we have just passed an hour, people. So we're doing a bit of overtime. Hit the like button. Let's get to a thousand likes now. Go show some love to Jess Shino's Arsenal channel. Link in the description. And we're going to move on to West Ham. Not going to delve into it too much. Still quite early, but um, we'll give our thoughts, feelings, and then we'll get straight into predictions. I've got Jordan's prediction already in line as well. Any talking topics from the West Ham game? Anything? You know, they've just got got smoked 3-0 from United. I guess they're going to expect a a bounce back there at home. They've beaten us twice this year. Lee? Me and James are watching that game. (laughs) So frustrated. They had chance after chance against Man United and they fluffed their lines every single time. When they, yeah. when they play against us, they bury them. So they're going to get chances against us and the guarantee is that they're taking them against us. I'm more worried about West Ham than the Liverpool game because I, I think David Moyes has done the number on Mikel. You know, just like Mikel's done the number on Klopp, you know what I mean? Uh, and it's no disgrace, David Moyes has got the number... And I think that he set up a template which other teams are following with Arsenal um, out, out to, to, to beat us. And uh, um, we haven't played well against West Ham now for, for, for a few games. I think it's always going to be a tougher, tougher game for us now that Declan Rice has signed for Arsenal. It, you know, the fans are more up for it. The, the players will be more up for it. This is a tough, tough game for us. Like, if we can get through this game, I think Arsenal are, are, are on the on their way to say where they could push and challenge for the title. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost this game. Wouldn't be surprised if we drew it. Uh, hopefully, we'll win it. But I do think that this this game will tell us more about our title credentials than yesterday. James, yes, thoughts on it before we get yeah. into predictions. Just, just win. Like I don't care how it gets done. It could be ugly. Yeah. You just you cannot lose the game after the Liverpool game. 
um, which is what everybody's going to expect and hope. Um, and hopefully West Ham, you know, also think that, you know, I, I kind of hope that they overthink it a little bit or they think that because they got one over on us or two over us earlier in the season that it's going to be the same because their performances against West Ham have been all right, but nowhere near the performance that we've seen against Liverpool. If we could replicate that level of performance against them, we'll batter them. They're not that great. They yeah. just have a certain way of playing that doesn't suit us. It just doesn't. They have really good counterattacking players. They sit deep. They make it nasty. And then we have to break them down, you know, and it's just we just have to relax. I think if Arsenal play with the same energy that we did against Liverpool, we'll wipe them. But if we go in there all nervous and, you know, concede a silly goal, Saliba, I'm looking at you, then it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So just don't lose. I don't care how we do it. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, you look at the look at the last one at Anfield. I think we was all pretty happy with the point come the end of it. And then we, we followed that up with two losses to West Ham and Fulham. And, exactly. and yeah. So, yeah, you're, you leave both right. We need to build on this Liverpool win. Now, I said it's the, that was the first result of the season. We're two points behind now. Kick on now. You know, forget all the rest. James, any thoughts? Yeah, that I want to go. I want to see Arsenal go play their football and build on that. Um, I hope Arteta doesn't deviate too much from what went quite well in that game. I appreciate if Sinchenko's not fit, we might have to play Kivio unless Tommy Asu's back. If Tommy Asu's back, that'd be brilliant. Um, but... I mean, that'd be really good, actually, if Tommy Asi's back. I think you probably want his physicality in this game as well. Uh, I'd keep Jorginho in the team. I've not called for him for him all this time, only to see him finally put in, not finally, but, you know, finally get the start, let's say, put in that great performance and then see him dropped. Don't move Havertz back to midfield. Don't do anything. Just, just keep that balance. It was nice. Build on it. We played some really good football through the lines. I also think West Ham are a funny team because, tell me if this makes any sense, all right? We may be more suited to this game at the London Stadium than we are at the Emirates. Like, I don't know if David Moyes and West Ham will want to fully protect their goal for 90 minutes. They'll be, they've got really talented players and they can play some football. Like you said, they, they went to Old Trafford and created chances. I wonder if that, it's a big pitch. It's a proper kind of modern football pitch. There'll be space for Arsenal to play. I just wonder whether that might suit us a little bit um, but then I haven't really seen enough from the two games we've played against them this season to feel like uber confident. Um, I think we'll win, but uh, but uh, yeah, set pieces, you know, they're obviously very good from. I don't know, I don't know, but I need to sit on these thoughts throughout the week. It's, it's still bit. very early, isn't it? So, it's, yeah, it's just a little touching on. Let me bring up the table, yeah. there has been some change, and we have away. James running away with it. No. So seven points clear. Wow. Well, oh, you're looking at Lee, yeah. Yeah, I told you, I don't, I'm not here to win it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just here to finish the league. You're not here to win, but win you may. Um, for the audio <laughs> listeners, James has got another correct score that makes three now. He's on 28 points. I'm in second on 23 points. Lee, with a point, he's on 21 now. And Jordan's still on 19. He is bottom of the table. So, James... You best believe, by the way, if I win, that I'm going for the most expensive prize going. I'm going to do Lee Judges. I want to get the, the signed shirt, <laughs> limited edition, you know, worn by Thierry Henry, even though he never played in it, framed, <laughs> you know, the lot. And it's, and it's the free one that done it. It's the free one that bloody done it. I know. 
the beauty of going first. Um, so I'm gonna go for. I really don't know. It's so far away. I'm gonna go with a. We always concede, don't we? Two one Arsenal. Two one Arsenal. But isn't it crazy? I feel less confident for this than I did for the Liverpool game. Yeah, it's mad, I, isn't it? I feel. So... I was so sure. I said with chest everywhere, we're beating Liverpool three one. With this one, I'm like, I think we'll win two one. I'm gonna Rather. go three one. I'm gonna go three one. I think I think we should get the job done. I think the nerves are natural considering a bit of PTSD from what we've seen before, but I don't think West Ham are in a good place. And I think you are right that away where they'd have to take the game a bit to us, that, that should work in our favour. Um Lee. I was gonna go two one, but I'll go two nil now. Clean sheet. Would you a few more clean sheets, okay. by the way, for the for the the football the defending we're doing? We we deserve a few more clean sheets. Yeah, go on, Jess. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to go for a clean sheet. Uh, two 0 Two 0 as well. They suck, and we're well going. Two 0 as well. <laughs> Jordan, he's gone for two one. So he's got James's prediction. Yeah, he, he went two one last time. Did, did he go? Did he go for Arsenal to win last? Yeah, yeah. He did, didn't he? So you're yeah. the only one that didn't get a point then. Yeah. Gordon's really bad. Who? Looking at the table is like shocking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I thought you meant as a I thought you meant as a contributor to the podcast. Well, well I, did, I think she's just not around, but no need for that. <laughs> no need to be around. We've all been deducted points. It's only Jordan that hasn't. <laughs> no way. <laughs> How can he be bottom? He's the only one that has been that's right. I think he has been deducted a point, has he? Out here looking like Chelsea. A mess. Trust me, it's mad. I've had five points deducted. I should be on 26 now. Like, you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. I know. And, I've got, and I've also, got... like, uh, oh, um, James there has been added points on when he shouldn't have got them. Like, it's just a joke, right? You know what I mean? I think he's running away with the title. He's going to have a star by his name. We love to see it. <laughs> I'll well, say if I don't, let's, no, let's, let's just wait and see. Let's if I had a gun, you say Anthony Johns, Anthony Johns, he would have gone. Anthony Taylor would have gone. You say, <laughs> he would have gone. Trossard's through and he's gone and pulled up like, oh, you scouts. Oh, can you scouts? in this you and that what? and that. Like, and like, what's up? Well, calm down. We're free. one I said, I want four. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Turkish? You're right. I'm top of the league. And I feel like celebrating early. So I just want to. <laughs> oh, I love that. He's <laughs> got a bit of stick for that. Can I, can I say like. Let's be about it. There's nothing just... to even look in. There's <laughs> fuck all there. Just... No battery. Yeah. But there's no yeah. need for. Do you know, I thought that was a bit of fun what he was doing yesterday. I quite like that. Why are they it giving was him for it? It was wholesome and it was made into something. Head loss. Yeah, really. Cara yeah, Loftus Head. I, I, I said on full time, Cara's Carragher and, and Neville are my favourite um, analysts of the game. I think they're brilliant, especially on Monday Night Football. I genuinely try and learn from like the way they do things. But that was head loss, man. He just, yeah. Shouldn't be you know, commentating I, on Liverpool, guy. I shouldn't be doing it. Shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, but you know what? Too, to too be boring. fair, and I'm going to be fair here, shoes on the other foot. We just lose 3-1. Big game. And I see opposition players on the pitch taking pictures. 
I'm gonna be like, get off the fucking pitch, man. God, so it's all it's all relative. You, you as a fan, fan. you're wrong. Carrick is a fan, though. Carrick is a and and yeah, you but... don't want to take that thing away from punditry. You do want that fan element. You don't want it to be robotic, where every no one's a fan. Everyone's just an analyst. So I kind of get it a little bit. But you know what, Turkish? We've had a we've had a week, and my word, we know we're not going to ex- escape it for the next four months, and rightly so, because he's a Premier League legend of eulogising over Jurgen Klopp and the passion and the energy. And the, the Premier League official account, I think, put out like, you know, a, like a, a montage and highlight yeah. reel of his best celebrations. And, okay, and yeah. by the way, it's not just on Carragher, right? Because Carragher was, is more the, the picture thing. Other people were talking about Arteta down the touchline. And it's like the, the self-awareness is really lacking in some people, isn't it? Like, you know, on the one hand, Jurgen Klopp, you know, the great, the great master of energizing and all this and, and embodying a club and being what the fans want you to be. But Mikel Arteta, oh, but don't you have fun? Don't you enjoy? I remember what they used to say about Conte. Don't you love the passion? You go mental, go absolutely mental. We're the most Every hated. We're the most huh? hated club. People, people don't like it. We are the, the most hated most. club. The, the, other, the other thing about this Jamie Carragher thing, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he, he's a fan, right? Yeah. But listen, if you're a fan, you've gone home by then. You've all gone. You know what I mean? Like when all that was going on, like, you know what I mean? All the Liverpool fans are gone. If it was the other way around, was Turkey saying, like, as soon as, you know, I'm out of there. I ain't watching what Liverpool do mm. when they beat us and all that. I'm out of there. The fact is that he, has, he, 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 he can't be out of there because he's still working. And that's where it's wrong. He shouldn't be working on Liverpool games. You know what I mean? Like, because he says things that are, that are, that are wrong. You know what I mean? And that is wrong. So whatever having a photograph and all that. At the end of the day, it's our time with our fans celebrating and all that. Like, and I, I'm, I'm all for that. The fans stayed in a lot longer yesterday than they normally do. Why? Because it's a big result and it's one that we should enjoy. We, we, you, you should be allowed to enjoy results and wins and yeah. all that. Like, you know, and that's that's for me. I'm going to enjoy it, and I love seeing that. Like, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, you know, good luck to him. Uh, I, I, I I don't think it was it was called for. I've got no issue with the picture taken. I think he's largely fair, but you know I agree. I, I, Jamie Carragher, that is. But I think um, I think that was just a little moment of like, you know, like you said, he's a Liverpool fan, and he's probably disappointed in the performance. That's the other thing we haven't, you know, and we're not going to because it's an after podcast. But from Liverpool performance, they were all, they were so disappointing, and I think that maybe just sort of came through in those comments a little yeah. bit. Long may anyway. continue. Long may continue. <laughs> Uh, let's slowly but surely go into comments of the day. Um, yeah, well, I've got a confession. <laughs> yeah, you enjoy the what's that coffee or mm-hmm. a Lee bit James? Oh, I've got a confession. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about. I forgot about mine. So why Jess was talking earlier, and I just scribbled. That's a point off. That's a point. No, no, no. Because I've actually got my comment of the day. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you James. pulled it back in the ninety fourth. If he's yeah, got one to go right now, funny, what a legend! There you go, like, thank you very much. Like, yeah. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. That was your comment. Nah, oh, well, it was. <laughs> I've got another one. He's done okay. Lee spot on with both instances, in my opinion. I think Lee makes a good point about the role on the left eight has changed slightly. How the team in general is still learning how to get the best out of a player playing in that role, the passing lines and whatever of the role we are often blocked off by Zinni taking 
less risks lately. And I think like that has been a point for him. But well, shut up. Jorginho sorted it out this week, like you know what I mean. So there you go, like good old Jorginho. Like, yeah, it was my favourite comment because the way he <laughs> broke down the role of the eight playing as that roaming playmaker, <laughs> dropping into the half spaces. <laughs> You know, I thought that was a great point from you. Yeah, it was people. a great point. So, thank you. Very I love much. it when they get. I love all these comments like you know, So there you go. My oh one's man, my one's I don't take a point up the circus again. Like you know I mean, there's no way. I'm up. I'm up at four o'clock in the morning. I ain't going to bed until this podcast done. There, I see. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Hussam says if Turkish watched even one episode from Transfer Daily he would know that Robbie is going to Ghana Robbie keeps announcing it Robbie keeps announcing his trip to Ghana every single day That's well easy. Hussam as we've seen that January transfer window and those transfer dailies was as useful as the Invincible podcast not very so um, I avoided it in January, um, and Arsenal avoided making any signings. So oh, here we are. I allow that. <laughs> oh, no, I don't allow that. Yeah, I mean, like you know, I, I, I get, I get, I, I can understand that you guys are a little bit bitter about the Ghana thing, like as you do the watch-alongs, and uh, you've not been asked to go. Okay, you understand. There's a little bit of bitterness coming from that. Like, oh, guys, I'm on your side. I've actually said, you know, after the Invincible podcast, you know what I mean? What? You're doing a watch-along and you're taking two people that don't do the watch-along. I'm with you guys, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm with you guys on this, like, you know. How Cecil got that gig, I do not know. I do maybe, not know. Maybe we need you as the liar. Maybe we need to bring you. Yeah, in. like, you know, outrageous, you know what I mean? There's Cecil that goes to all, all the games away from home and gets all those luxuries while you guys are doing a fantastic job, by the way, doing the watch-along. So when oh, there's a watch along, I, I'm going to repeat this again. When there's a watch along party in Ghana, who does who does Robbie take? He takes Cecil, who's not on the watch alongs every now. You know, so I, I understand the bitterness, and I get it. Like you know, on right. to the next one, James. I'm going to hire you. Knight. I might need. I might need you for yeah a couple of cases I've got. <laughs> so Jordan Knight, let's get this in front of me. He says, James the Goat. Good prediction, mate. Love the confidence going to the Emirates this year for the first time. Love from Australia. Jordan, I'm very kind of you. I wouldn't say I'm the GOAT. I'd say I'm top one. Um, but thank you very much. Very kind of him. Avaraj says, I hate the double standards. Performances matter in wins, but only results matter in losses. Um, yeah, and that's why I predicted the 3-1. And I think that's a good point. And then this one that Lee really should have read out. Robbie gave Lee a lift to Nottingham. And then quotes, oh, did sorry, didn't know you were there. <laughs> I, I, I'm still actually talking to Robbie. I really ain't like, you know what I mean? He's still like, uh, do you know what? I've got to say this um, quickly. Like, I've had people messaging me. Uh, there's been like things that saying, well, don't leave. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was just a joke. Oh, yeah. Like, when you said no way. Did you actually? Yeah. It's just, it was just a joke, like, you know what I mean? So, uh, but people <laughs> sometimes take it seriously, like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Don't take anything beyond an hour and 10 minutes on this podcast seriously. Yeah. But yeah. There you go, yeah, last yeah. Right. Except for our criticism of uh, Lee Judges on and the, the podcast. That's the only one I would. <laughs> yeah. All right. Listen. 
James Lee, pleasure as always. Jess, um, wish, I'm sure we're going to welcome you back real soon. She knows Arsenal is the YouTube channel, people. I'll put it in the description. So go show Jess some love there. And as we just said, Robbie, Cecil, they're off to Ghana. I think Kalechi's going too. So there's going to be content coming out this week from Ghana. Tactical comes out later from Finsbury Park. And so does the rest of the content this week. Well, <laughs> Can I just say something? We've... I didn't miss Jesus, right? Uh, yes, I haven't missed Jordan today, by the way. Just saying that, like, you know. What I mean? Well, I haven't missed him either because you've interrupted the outro, so it feels like he's still here. Well, no, yeah, no, no, no. Just, just sort of say like that. We haven't missed Jordan, have we? Have we, not, have we missed Jordan today? I don't think so. I, I think Jess is brilliant. I think Jordan's brilliant. Nice. James, come on, man. Come on, man. You can't. And I, oh, by the way, I see Graham yesterday. Like, I done well. I avoided him. Like he didn't. I don't think he seen me. Like yeah, I mean, there you go. So that was good. I'm, I'm going to get Graham to watch you one day. I don't care. You, you're too disrespectful to him. You're a terrible human being, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. <laughs> We're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna wrap it up, people. One hour twenty minutes overtime. Hit the like button. One thousand likes, as mentioned. Go Je um, show Jess some love. Her channel's in the description. James, his channel's popping as well. Go show him some love. Lee, Lee Judges TV. That's there as well. You know where to find us, people. And obviously, right here, make sure you're subscribed. Notification bell on because there's a lot of content coming out this week with the West Ham game coming up. Love for the love, people. Hit the like button on the way out. We're out. Peace. Podcast Network.